you know, there's there's a huge amount of pressure to accept this critical race theory only because it, it gives power to those people pushing it. It mm-hmm. divides us as you and I as Americans when, when we never used to be this way, that contentious toward each other, even at the worst of times. That, my friends, was the voice of Kendall Qualls, an American patriot and president of the organization called Take Charge Minnesota, uh, looking to resurrect the American black family through faith, family, and education. So this is an episode you're not going to want to miss. Check it out. Let's cue the music. Welcome back, my friends, to the Derate the Hate podcast. I am Wilk from WilksWorld.com, and this is going to be one very special episode. Tonight, we are interviewing Kendall Qualls from Take Charge Minnesota. Now, Take Charge Minnesota is an organization looking to inspire and educate black and other minority communities of their full rights and privileges as Americans granted to them by the U.S. Constitution. Now, this is a episode you're definitely not going to want to miss, so stay tuned for my interview with Kendall Qualls. But first, I want to ask you a couple questions. What have you done today to make your life a better life? What have you done today to make the world a better place? I know for sure Kendall Qualls is doing just that. He is doing wonderful things to better the lives of so many and in turn making the world a better place. So with all that said, let's get right into this interview. First of all, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you joining me for the Dear 8 to 8 podcast. Welcome. I, uh, I greatly appreciate your time. I'm sure you're very busy. But uh, I first became aware of you when you were a congressional candidate. I was hearing your ads on on the radio talking about uh, how you were the only one that could that you knew that could claim to be trailer trash and the and the ghetto kid and <laughs> that uh that that was the first i'd ever heard of you and and that's when i started following you and started started you know checking you out on social media and things like that so for our listeners if you could just you know tell me a little bit about yourself tell me you know who is kendall qualls sure sure so first of all adam thank you for having me and uh, you know you're very gracious and you know what love um just sharing the story right? because you know our country our country's worth fighting for and for people to know the true meaning of what, what this country is all about. And yes, I, I, um, I ran for a congressional office. I spent my entire career in the private sector. Uh, actually, right after college, I actually spent five years on active duty. I was an artillery officer. I served here in the U.S. as well as in South Korea. And one of the neat things about our country, I tell people, look, where you start in life is not where you have to stay in life. And I did. I started my life as a child and um in Harlem, New York, my unfortunately, my my parents divorced after my father returned from Vietnam. Um, we went to New York City and Harlem at the worst possible time in the late 1960s. Right. It was the epicenter for drugs, violence, and gangs, and it was horrible. I, I spent my elementary school years there. Unfortunately, my mother couldn't handle all five of us uh, by herself, and so in the, my sixth grade, sixth grade, my father came and got me and my younger brother. To live with him. And because he was paying alimony and child support and has a drill drill sergeant pay, all he could afford was a trailer in this trailer park in Oklahoma. So that was my start in life. And 
you know, I've been called ghetto kid. I've been called trailer trash and a lot worse. Yeah. But you know what? Um, the neat, like I said, the neat thing about this country is where you, you don't, it doesn't matter where you start in life. And so for me, it was given education. I had the taste of poverty. <laughs> if I could do anything about it, I'm not sure what I want to do in life, but I know it starts with an education. And that's what, that's what I did. Kendall, by every, everything that I've heard and, and read about you so far, uh, your, your story is so inspiring. And uh, I appreciate you sharing it. So, so your new venture, your new organization, Take Charge Minnesota, uh, is something I, I've seen you uh, promoting recently, and it's something I, 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 you know, when I when I look at the, you, you know, your guys's mission, your guys's mission statement, and and the, uh, you know, the goals that you are looking to promote, it it's very inspiring, just like your own story. Could you tell our listeners what, you know, what was your inspiration for Take Charge Minnesota and uh, what is your goal? What's what's what is the mission? Yeah. So if I can actually kind of backtrack. So the the um, you know, Take Charge was really an extension of my campaign message. And that campaign message was and the reason I got into politics in the first place is I started hearing this critical race theory coming from elected officials and especially here in, in Minnesota. When you have Ilhan Omar. Now, I live in the third district in the western suburbs. Mm-hmm. She's obviously in, in, in Minneapolis. But I never heard an elected official say that our country is systemically racist, that, you know, black people can never get ahead because capitalism is, is, is set against them. And this was just such a false narrative. And I was shocked that no one else said anything to recalibrate her statements, anything. Not even my elected official. So I got it. I decided to run myself. Never been involved in politics. Never wanted to be. I had a successful career um, at major corporations. You know, this guy, like I said, this guy from the you know ghetto ghettos of, of Harlem, trailer trash, became a vice president of a Fortune 100 company. I, I tell people, look, I'm not exceptional. We live in an exceptional country, and I serve an exceptional God. And I just believe that um, we want to keep the gates open for everyone else. And they're talking about closing it, and especially when I say close it, mentally close it. You know, you don't want people thinking that there's, there's there's no need to try because I'll never get ahead because this congressperson is saying that I can't. That is, we've never heard that before in this country. We've always shared, you can do it, you can live the dream you got, but it takes a little sweat equity. So that was my story. And... Um, you know, the coming out of that, though, obviously I didn't win. However, um, what what was kind of interesting is, you know, I'm middle of the ticket on the ballot, mm-hmm. but I actually received 5% more votes than the top of the ticket than President Trump as well as uh, Jason Lewis. Yep. So my, my, my campaign, it resonated. Obviously, it didn't resonate enough to get elected. So uh, there's a lot of supporters that felt like, you know, Kendall, your message really doesn't, doesn't need to go away. In fact, we really need it out there. And I felt compelled to do something and because what we have now is that we have this narrative doubling down on its critical race theory. They're putting it in schools and everything else. So it, what it does, it divides us as Americans. Yep. It automatically yep. sets you up as, as my adversary and you to feel guilty and me to feel like I can't get ahead because, you know, you're, you have privilege and I don't, which is absolutely false, false, false. Yep. And I, here's, here's the one thing I share all the time with people, especially in the black community and what we're going to do with Take Charge. 
you know what? If you're married, it doesn't matter what Adam feels about me or not, just because he's white. If I stay with my wife, I make sure my kids are in bed at nine o'clock. I make sure they get up and go to school and do their homework. It doesn't matter. I don't care who's the president. I don't care who's in office. I don't care how Adam feels about me. Right. You have choices and personal responsibilities that you're about to better yourself and your, and your child's life. And that's what Take Charge is about. It's taking charge of your life, your family, and your community. Yep. And that there's that sense of empowerment, and that should not be given. Don't feel like you need to yield that up to any organization, any agency, or any government entity. Right. Yeah, that family structure that, that you're talking about is is so important, and, we, and we've seen that and across you know, the racial spectrum, whether it be black, white, uh, Latino, whoever it is, uh, you know, we've seen that there's, there's certain things that, that families can do uh, in, in that family structure to keep, to keep people out of poverty and keep, keep people out of jail. I mean, I, I think it's, uh, there, there's, what is it, four things that they say that you can do that will ultimately keep you out of poverty and, and, and provide a better life. And that's what to finish high school, work a full-time job, be married before you have children and, and then follow some type of religion or some type of faith. I mean, and, and you're a true testament to that. I mean, you look, I, I believe you're, you've been married to your wife for, for 35 years. You have five beautiful children, uh, living a fantastic life. You, you're living the American dream and nobody has ever told you that, that just because you're a black man, uh, the world's going to keep you down. And, and that's, uh, you're a true example of, of everything the American dream is. Well, well, Adam, first of all, thank you for that. Um, but here's the, one, one slight correction. I had a lot of people tell me that you won't be able to get ahead because the white man's going to Well, yeah. ever since I was a kid, <laughs> yeah, that's pervasive. Unfortunately, that narrative is pervasive in the black community because you know what they want, I'll say they, there's certain elected officials and people that get power when, when, when they make other people feel like they have no power. Yep. So yep. they, in fact, that, that you can't get ahead unless it's someone else to help you. Yep. So there are people that propagate that information, that, that propaganda. And unfortunately we have a large population that believe it, but I refuse to, I'm like, look, you know what, when I saw those guys, literally when we got held up the first day in, in New York, when we moved there, I already knew, I don't want to be like that guy. I don't want right. to be like that guy down the street watching us get held up, not doing anything. I was a kid. I was only like six or seven years old. Yep. Um, yep. But he, here's the thing we're going to do. That's going to change. It's like, think, how do we change this? Number one, you know what? As a black community, I, I used, I was in my campaign, was shocked that not just white, but black people didn't know we didn't used to live like this. Today, nearly 80% in Hennepin County, 80% of higher of black children live in a single parent home where the father has never been involved in their life. That we didn't used to live like that. And so what, what I share was back when Martin Luther King was marched, nearly 80% of, of black children lived in two parent homes. It wasn't until we got help from the government and these social programs for the first time in American history where they incentivized, incentivized women that have, that have children and to remain unmarried. Basically the, the the carrot and the stick here is that if you get married, then all the support will go away. Um, not, a, not a sliding scale, not a timeline, but basically, and what that propagated was back in 1960, we're near 25% that were uh, unwed moms. 
So, you know, basically out of wedlock um, births, 24% in the late 60s to nearly 80% today. And so we have, a, and what we're going to do at Take Charge, we have a cohort of, of mothers and grandmothers that, that, know, that know that this direction has been killing, literally killing the black community. Yeah. That they're going to be the foot soldiers for our program. And, it's, and, that, and that program is a return to our cultural roots of faith, family, and education. And they're going to be the ones marching out and communicating this program, speaking to schools, speaking to students, speaking to their peers, women, and young yep. girls, and starting this community. And, and, and I just can't wait. I just We're going to launch this officially on Easter. Oh, and, yeah. and, and, and the reason we're using Easter is that we're going to spend the day, you know, again, you think about Christian faith, we're going to spend the day before Easter in prayer and fasting. Okay. And then the next day we're going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we're going to ask God to help us be, let this year be the start of the resurrection of the American black family. That's beautiful. That is, um, I have to tell you, I, I, this, this message is so unbelievably important. And when you say that the, the mothers and grandmothers are, are the backbone of, of the family structure, I, I can't agree with you more. And not, not specifically to, to the black family, but for all families across all, all you know, mm-hmm. the whole racial spectrum. I, I, I can't agree more. Yeah, it's it's that message is awesome. And, and I think rolling it out on Easter and the resurrection of the black family, that, that message, I, I definitely think will resonate, especially, like you said, the foot, foot soldiers being mothers and grandmothers and and uh, getting that message out to the to the um, the community is going to be it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a tough road to hoe for some because, like you said, this this mentality has been driven into the minds of of so many for so long. And and if if you've listened to any of our our previous podcasts, I talk a lot about you know being placed in a in a box and then people politicians more specifically, and then even more recently now that the media is is totally on board with it, but placing people in a box, using that racial identity to keep people separated. Uh, and, and I think that's that that is our biggest battle for guys like you and I who who are constantly trying to bring people together. Uh, but you have this huge machine trying to keep people apart. So when you know what your mission is and your mission is very defined and, and it's an awesome mission, what do you see as your biggest obstacle? Uh, what, do you, what is your biggest biggest obstacle? And can you expand a little bit more on your strategy to overcome the obstacle that 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 you're going to be fighting? Yeah, you know, I, I think a, a lot of people think that the biggest obstacle is really the media, and and I would say it, it's a barrier, but it's not the big one. The biggest one is uh, reminding Americans what it means to be American. So I, you know, I'm a, I'm a big um, student of history, and mm-hmm. so let's let's go back for just a bit, but where the founding fathers when they started this country, the founding fathers, what was what we have to understand at that time, nearly every other country, if not all. The rulers of those countries told their subjects how they were going to behave. They had to get permission to do everything. Where they where they hunted, where they fished, you know, how, you know how they would you know e- even have their own profession. The rulers dictated the lives of their subjects. When we started this country, it was it was the subjects us that, that told government how you would govern and held them at bay with the Constitution. Yep. 
Now, unfortunately, we've strayed so far from that, and we know we 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 look to Washington for nearly every, and and almost, and I think this this COVID time has even made it worse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But but we 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 don't we don't have to do that. So so basically, when I talk about reminding Americans what me me Americans is, look, first of all, the the founders knew that you can't have a self-governing country with people that were illiterate or didn't know about what was going on. They need to know their history. Mm-hmm. They need to know just basic you know, um, academic concerns of, of how to function, how to live, live your life independently. And second, you have to be virtuous. Well, guess what? You don't get virtue from an iPad. You, know, you, don't, you don't get it from Amazon. Yeah, there is some spiritual component to it. And not everybody were Christians at the founding, at the founding uh, father, but th- they believed in the principles of scripture. Yeah, That's right. why we have in God we trust. Yep. We don't trust in politicians. We don't trust in government. We don't trust in the Uber app. It's in God we trust. Yep. And so my, this movement is not to be a religious at all. It's just returning back to our foundations. Yep. And I remind Americans, I don't care what, what, what my elected officials say or do. And I still have the right to rally people around our cultural roots of faith, family, and education. And when we, when we talk about how we're going to start living our lives again, we can determine that. We have so much choices and freedoms. It was the, just the course of the way I live my life. But it, the, the key is that we have to be more committed to um, our faith than committed to the culture or, or comfortable with what other people say. Again, I'm not talking about getting radical or anything like that. No. But um, look, you know, there's mu- there's a huge amount of pressure to accept this critical race theory, only because it, it gives power to those people pushing it. It mm-hmm. divides us as you and I as Americans, when, when we never used to be this way, that contentious toward each other, even at the worst of times. No. Plus, and, and, and I'll end with this, Adam. I can tell you, my father and my father-in-law, they lived through this country when it was segregated. Uh, sanctioned segregation when it was systemic racism. Yeah, it's not like they hadn't been like that for years, and, for, and and they're using a false narrative. So, for example, and they'll use well, in Minnesota, we have six percent of them of, of Minnesotans are, are African American, but they'll say like they're thirty percent of of our you know arrested for crimes. You know they were over indexed for crime. Well, what they don't want to tell you, what this issue is not race. It's really two parent issue. Yep. When you look at two pa- kids from two parent black families, those kids are in their involvement with law enforcement is so low. And it's just like the general population. Those oh, kids absolutely. graduate from high school, with the general population. We, we don't have a racial issue. We have a two parent privilege issue, regardless of race. That's the narrative that they don't want to talk about. No, you're absolutely right. And, and, and like, you know, like I said earlier, the, the, yeah, it, that that bridges the 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 racial spectrum is that that two parent issue is probably the biggest uh, the biggest thing that that people take out as a factor when it comes to uh, the arrest records, when it comes to the the poverty, right. uh, when it comes to the, the overall issues that that face anybody is you remove that family structure, you move that remove that family dynamic from anybody and it, and it definitely takes its toll. And yeah, there, there's just no question and there's no denying it, but the mainstream talking heads, the, the biggest people with the biggest mouthpieces, 
you know, the politicians and stuff, they, they, they always conveniently leave that out. That's why I, I truly believe we need more people, you know, like-minded people like you and I, who, who can really get out there and get our, make our voices heard. That's, that's one of the reasons I started this podcast. And, and in last week's podcast, I talked about, you know, you talked about the, um, you know, following the latest, well, I call it the latest fad or, or the movement of the day or, or whatever, just because everybody's doing one thing doesn't make it right. And just because nobody's doing something doesn't make it wrong. It's just a matter of following your values, knowing what your values are, those values that are taught in the family home and, and sticking with those values, even if it goes against that mainstream narrative of the day. I, I think that's so yeah, important. Yeah. And, 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 and I say that, and you're absolutely right. Th- their positions are not sustainable for a um, for a livable community and livable um, society. Okay. But your value, the values that we've had, that we that your parents had, we, your grandparents have had, those values are sustainable. And, th- and those values are under attack. And and what I what I've learned through the uh, campaign and what I suggest to people is that we need more regular people regular citizens running for office. It doesn't matter. It's school board, city council, state government, federal government. We need more people that have a vested interest and experience from the real world and not a lot of career politicians who have never been in the private sector or have been little experience in the private sector um, that are actually now informing the basis of our city councils, school boards, uh, state government, and the like, it's, it's, um, it's dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's so important too. I think it's so important that, that regular people, I know you, this was your first round in politics and, and, and I think you've got a, a, a phenomenal goal with, with the take charge Minnesota, whether you end up getting into politics again or, or, or stay, uh, stay the course with the, you know, take charge Minnesota and, and, and doing what you're doing. Uh, I, I think it's so important that, that people, like I said, people with, with the, the mindset that this country was beautiful, this country was founded on uh, the principles of, uh, of freedom, individual liberty, you know, Judeo-Christian values that, that, uh, that, that kept the family strong for so many years until the government got in and started following up things by saying, we're all here to help. And then uh, all that help led to was, like you said, uh, ripping apart the you know the black family it, it has been the the, the biggest uh, the biggest casualty of that absolutely that that deal and, and it's 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 caused so many problems yeah the 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 idea that that we have politicians and and right now the 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 um unfortunately the the person with the greatest amount of power in the world right now is is saying the that phrase systemic racism every day uh, you know, telling so many people that that they're they're victims, and, and instilling that per, you know I call it the perpetual victim mentality. Uh, you know that perpetual victim mentality is a self fulfilling prophecy, and, and and so so you and I are, are are very much on the same page, and and all I can hope is that that uh, with all you're doing and and the things that I I try to do, you know I, I think we can you know we can change minds. You know we can change minds, and if we can change minds, we can change the world. You know, the, the D-Rate Day podcast is all about bettering the world one attitude at a time and uh, reversing that perpetual victim mentality. You know, a- any parent that, that instills that perpetual victim mentality on their children is, in my opinion, committing child abuse. And, and, and uh, But those who empower their children and make them believe that they, their, their, their potential is unlimited 
and they will live up to that potential. So I, I think, uh, I think what you're doing is so, so incredibly awesome. And, and what, um, you know, what can our listeners do to help? What, what can, what can they do to become more involved? How can they help you to, uh, to help other people? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's like anything, you know, um, you know, just, just, just a quick, you know, again, you think about this from an American Patriot standpoint, you know, when George Washington was fighting his battles, you know, this is classic, you know, he was always waiting for money and shipment and supplies to come from Congress. And guess what? It never came. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he had to, <laughs> <you're>, <laughs> you know, you know, we should, we should know, you know, how effective they are. Right. But right. What, what he did get was support from local Patriots um, that were farmers um, to help feed his soldiers and care for his soldiers and and pages that help with money to buy supplies. So same thing for me. Um, you, you know what? The biggest issue that we need is, is support to help with our video. So if, you, if you're a fan of the PragerU yep. video series, we're going to do something very similar. Our message, so the, the, the moms and grandmoms are going to be the boots on the ground. They're right. going to be our ground game. And our short little video vignettes that we're going to be releasing is going to be the air game. It's going to be our Air Force. Okay. So we, we need those those uh, funds for the Air Force. And then the second thing your 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 listeners can uh, do is, hey, spread the word, spread the word about what we're doing. It is catching fire. I mean, nice. not only with um, people in the suburbs and really across the state, um, but even black women in the community. We, we, in the, we in the black community, we've hit rock bottom. It is absolutely tragic what has happened to my family and many other families in the black community. And trust me, we need to get a handle on this because this kind of cultural behavior is spreading beyond the black community mm-hmm. and a lot of other ethnic groups. And we've lost our way and we need to get grounded back into the foundational roots of who we are as Americans. Yep. No, that's awesome. So what I'm going to do is uh, I, I'm certainly going to going to post your show notes. I, I too follow uh, Dennis Prager and Prager U. Um, and I look forward to seeing seeing your guys' video or, or, you know, your video about Take Charge Minnesota and the mothers and grandmothers being the backbone. Um, so I will definitely, definitely be watching out for that. I, I If I can, Adam, let me give you a preview of some of those videos that we're going to be producing. So we have kids that graduated from Hope Academy these are private uh, Christian or, or charter schools in, in uh, Minneapolis, and in inner city Minneapolis. Same streets, same neighborhoods that these kids come from, from the failing schools and the public schools. Seven, eight, nine, ten years out, now that these kids have graduated from those schools, what are they doing? Oftentimes, we never see the good part of these young people's lives. And we've got kids that have bought their first, first homes in St. Louis Park and Brooklyn Center. And we're, we're going to profile their lives. Hey, what did you do to get, get there? And they're going to tell, well, well, it's that story you said. Well, I worked hard. I studied. I graduated. I, then I had a family. Then we had, it, it is that narrative that we never see. Usually if it's a young black kid, we see them either, you know, yelling and screaming at the cops or getting, you know, you know, some kind of violent confrontation. And then the second thing we're going to show, this is the, I call it the hidden heroes. Whenever we see videos, anything have to do with ethnicity of white people, it's always in a negative connotation. We're going to show you know, people that they would never share this information about themselves um, because it's in their character, not to boast about their, their generosity and what they're giving. We're going to show these hidden heroes that have been helping for decades in the, in the black communities because they have a heart for the fellow man, their fellow American, and just the nature of who they are, the goodness of their hearts and their faith. And these hidden heroes, they, they'll never brag about themselves, but I can. So sure. those are the things we're coming out with. 
because the people in the inner city need to hear these stories as well as the rest of the people that look, we have, there are people in the communities that have been generous to their fellow man even before Black Lives Matter, even before this critical race theory, but because of their nature and their character, they'll never share those, that, that type of information themselves. Incredible. That, yeah, that, yeah, that's, that is awesome. That is awesome. So with that, I, I, I mean, I, uh, I, I gotta say, I, I, I greatly appreciate your time. I, I, uh, I can't thank you enough for, for joining me on the D-Rate Date podcast. I hope, uh, I hope I get to enjoy, uh, your company again sometime and, uh, come back again, come back often. All right, Adam. Thank you. And your listeners can find out more at TakeChargeMN.com. That's TakeChargeMikeNovember.com. Thank you. Excellent. That'll be in the show notes. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Kendall Qualls from Take Charge Minnesota as much as I did. A lot of great information, a, a very, very worthy cause. It's going to take a lot of of work, but with people like Kendall and, and his organization, I, I think that uh, the world is, is definitely uh, able to, to be made into a better place. So um, get involved. Check out, uh, check out TakeChargeMinnesota.com or TakeChargeMN.com. That link will be in the show notes. And with that, I'm going to wrap up this week's episode. So when you get out there, be kind to one another. Be grateful for everything that you've got. And remember, it's up to you to make each and every day the day that you want it to be. So from all of us here at Wilkes World, I do want to express a very heartfelt thank you for all the support. Uh, Check us out wherever you get your audio. Leave us a review. Share us with your friends on all platforms on social media or, or most anyway. And with that, I'm going to back on out of here. So have a great week.